Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Uh, Go ahead and turn to Ephesians uh, for me. Look at uh, chapter 2. So we're in part three of our series. We actually started it on Easter, kind of kicked it off keys, we call it keys, and, and uh, Easter was the keys to everything dead and dying in your life. Jesus went and got the keys to death and hell, uh, resurrected life, and so we're looking at keys in the word to unlock, because keys are to unlock other things in our life. Last week we talked about unlocking our ability to hear the voice of God. And so, you know, God's speaking, amen? God is speaking. He's speaking to you this morning, speaking to you now. And so we need to be able to hear his voice. Next week we're gonna look at unlocking um, the ability to know God's will for our life. So we're going to look in the scripture and how we can unlock hearing uh, from God to know his will for our life. And then on Mother's Day, so let me give a plug for Mother's Day on the 14th. So moms, bring your family. Family, bring your moms. <clears throat> on the 14th, we're going to have a uh, Mother's Day service, the keys to building stronger families. And so a lot of great things in the word on that, so everyone wants to come be a part of that. This morning, we're talking about forgiveness, the key to unlocking forgiveness in our life. And this is a big one, and I purposely put it here because I I feel like with our message today, we're able to then to roll into the encounter time and allow God to speak to our hearts. Because really, forgiveness or unforgiveness, or however you want to say that, really is a big deal in our life. I mean, there's a lot of hurts going on in our hearts and our lives, relationally, and things that happen, um, and sometimes from years and pasts, sometimes recent things that really can derail us or or, or keep us at this place where where, we're, we're bound up or we're missing or we're hurt or we're just missing on the things that God wants to do in and through us. And so real hurts, real pains for sure. And so we need to learn to unlock forgiveness in our life, which is easy to say. In fact, just saying that, honestly, because we've all been there, there's a lot of pushback. And even when I talk to people, there's a lot of pushback. And even my own life, because it's not that easy. I hear you, pastor, but it's just not that easy because, man, it really hurts. And I know God says this or doesn't, I hear you, it, but, but, but it's not as easy as you might think or say, and, and, I, and I get you on that. I, I want to just give you the word this morning. And so we're going to take some time um, to do that, and then we're going to look at you know, a time of encounter to release some things. But let me give you this first statement, kind of set up our message. Let me put this up on the screen for you. When we get to the place, maybe you've made this statement, maybe you've, you're, you're at this place, and, and I think we've all made this statement, that I just don't care anymore. <clears throat> I don't care anymore. And I think this is a great starting point for us because I think we've all been there or are there at some point in time in our life. And really, honestly, this statement is a way that we will say, it's our, it's our way of coping, it's, it's the way of handling it, it's the thing that we do to try and find a remedy. And can I tell you that, that this statement is not a, a true one, it's, it's really a lie because it's not a remedy because it doesn't work. How do we know it doesn't work? It doesn't work because you were created to care. Can I tell you, God created you to care. We were created to be caring people. <clears throat> and so being able to say you don't care anymore really means that you care, to be quite honest with you. And so it's an indicator of where you are in your heart and your life, but we've all been there, but really you were created to care. So how do we navigate that? And we can't go through life just acting like it, do- it didn't happen, it didn't exist, or put distance between us and other people because that's not how God created us. And we've all been there and we've discovered already without me telling you that it just doesn't work. It doesn't make your situation any better. So I had those emotions and feelings just like you do have to walk this out. And so um, I I wanna say something right here before we go further. It's gonna take faith. You know, for you and I, we're to be people of faith. And in your own strength and ability, you might really feel like that's a true statement, but in your own strength and ability, you can't do it. It is impossible to do it, but God's not asking you to do it in your own strength and ability. He's asking you to do it in his strength and his ability, amen? 
And that is the only way that works. So we have to add faith to this, and we'll do that as we progress through the message today. So we need to walk in faith. Faith is a step that we take into something that we can't do on our own, and you and I are gonna have to apply faith in the area of forgiveness. I wanna show you a progression this morning, and as we walk through this, you're just gonna say, oh yeah, mm -hmm, checkbox, yeah, absolutely, I would've picked that one too. Yeah, you're right on. I can tell you what the next one is. And so I'm not gonna give you any deep revelation on, these next, on this progression, but I want you to see how this can easily happen until we get to the point of I don't care. Then I'm gonna give you some keys to unlock forgiveness in your life. The first thing that happens is distance. Something creates distance. There's a separation between two people or a group or a person in a group. Now understand, not all distance comes from conflict, uh, some from neglect. You don't put enough attention into a relationship, not enough attention is put into a relationship with you. Um, you know, relationships don't maintain themselves. You know, we know that. And so distance can come just from neglect. And we have that, we have that in marriages, we have that with our kids, we have that with our parents, with our siblings, with our friends, and honestly, we even have that with God. We neglect a relationship with God at times, and so distance can get in there. It also happens in conflict, and we just, we just shut someone out, because no one likes conflict. Well, okay, I know some people I think do. I'm just saying, that's not me, but you know, typically we don't like conflict or tension, and so when we get into those conflicts, the tendency is to shut the person out. And if we would say, I don't shut them out literally, we shut them out a lot of times internally. And so um, what do we do when we find that there's distance there? And so, uh, so what happens is once we find distance there, the next step in the progression is, because we don't want to be hurt, we build walls. And most people will think that that's a solution, building a wall, I'm just gonna put up some walls and, and just protect myself that way, and can I tell you that's not a solution at all. But we feel need to put something up, a barrier, something between ourselves, a protective thing. And here's the danger, when you wall out, if we could say it this way, the bad people, you will also wall out the good people. And the longer you keep the walls up, can I tell you, you will wall out God at some point in time. And so you can even wall out God. You become so protective of your emotions and your, and your heart that no one can touch you again. And then if you don't deal with it at that point, it leads to this, escalation. It, leads, it just gets from bad to worse. And it just escalates. And that means it now becomes bigger than the situation when it first started. And can, can I tell you, I've sat there with many couples, many people trying to help resolve conflict and stuff. And we can, why don't you just tell me really what the issue is? And when they do, inside me, I want to say, are you serious? Are you kidding me? And well, it didn't used to start out that way, but now because distance has come in, now you've built walls, now, now because you haven't dealt with that, that unforgiveness, you, you start, and it escalates. And here's a, here's a place, this gets real dangerous here because here's a place where your tongue gets out of control. Man, when it escalates, then you're just starting to, you're firing shots. You're not just addressing the issue, you're hurting the person. Now you're talking about all the mistakes they've made or all the things that they've done and, and it, you're just taking it to a whole nother level and it just began with something simple. I, I have a 16 and 17 year old and sometimes when there's conflict and I sit down with them and say, come on, let's figure this out here, what's going on? And I just, are you serious? And so sometimes I think we have to be very careful because if we don't deal with it properly, it just continues to escalate and then we'll use our words to tear people down and to be little people to belittle them and, and bring hurt there. Uh, the next step is then when, is where the enemy really gets involved, and that is false belief. Now, uh, you imagine things that didn't exist. Come on, am I the only person? I know I'm not the only person, we've all been there, right? You imagine things that, that never happened. 
You're, you're having these conversations in your head and, and you're like, and the enemy's whispering in your ear and now people are getting involved and they don't even know what went on and they're telling you what happened. It's like, are you kidding? You don't even know him and you're telling me what happened. And it's like all of a sudden this creates its own life. It has its own story to it now. And it's like, and that never happened and they never said that. And you're laying in bed at night thinking about things that never ever happened or existed. And can I tell you that the enemy's greatest weapon is lies. Lies, and Jesus said in John, in John 7 that that's his language. You know, we have love languages, you know, his, his language is lies, he's got the lie language. He's a father of lies, everything out of him is a lie. We start believing that. And you have to be careful when you're offended because can I tell you this, you can't even trust your own emotions. Your own emotions lie to you. And so you, you're the last person you should receive counsel from or, or advice from at that point in time. And then finally, it goes to this hostility. It becomes very hostile. There's now a hostile environment between two people. And even when you aren't around that person, there's no peace. Do you realize that when conflict gets to that, that point and, and they're not even around you? And they may have gone on with their life and be great, but you have no peace. You can't sleep at night. You're stressed out at things all the time. You're thinking about it. Just makes you mad. I, I should have said this. I, I wish I'd have said this, that kind of thing. And it's just this hostility in you. And so what do we do about it? And again, that list list didn't surprise anybody. I already knew that. I I didn't need to hear that, and probably you didn't, but I want to show something from that list. I gave it to you to show you something that maybe you hadn't thought of, and for most of us, that list really is the same condition most of us were in with God before we found Christ. There was distance there for whatever reason. Distance had come in, and then uh, when distance isn't, isn't remedied or dealt with, then we find ourselves uh, building walls, and we build walls up. I don't need God. I don't want God. And, and then all of a sudden, after we build walls, we, it escalates, and, and we're thinking things about God that aren't true. We're believing what other people are saying and false beliefs, and the enemy is lying to us. And then even, can, is, it, is it true to say today that this world could use a little more forgiveness because it seems the world is so much more hostile to God or the things of God than ever before? Hostility. And really for a lot of us, depending on when we came to Christ, that's our story. That's the same. I didn't, I didn't necessarily need to give you a revelation of what that's like with other people, but honestly, that's what it was like in our relationship, a lot of us, with God before we came to God. And so, let's take a look at Ephesians 2.12. And here's why I said that. 2.12, starting verse 12. Here's what it says. It says this. Remember. And it says, remember, because you and I have a tendency to Forget. And so maybe as we walk through today, a lot of what I, I just need to do as your, as your pastor is just to remind you of things that we've allowed life to come in, we've allowed time to come in, hurts and offenses to come in, that we have forgotten some things that really would help us with the forgiveness, that will unlock forgiveness in our life. So remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, there's the first step, there's distance, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. Listen to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, uh, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed, listen, the barrier, the walls, and the dividing wall of hostility, our condition. This was our condition. We just described it before you and I came to God. And we need to be reminded of what he's done. There was a time that we were separate from God. In verse 13, I love it. It says, you were brought near, not because you decided that you needed to get things better, perhaps, you're not necessarily coming to church, not because you're coming to church, but you were brought near, because, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. Now listen for a second here. That, that being said, Jesus initiated 
The relationship that had separation and on down the progression to hostility, and yet Jesus initiated it. It's nothing you did, it's what he did. He initiated, he brought you near. So you were brought near before you were even willing to reconcile. You were brought near before you were willing to reconcile. He initiated a reconciliation process, and he wasn't even the offending party. We were. He initiates a process and he's not even the one who did anything wrong. Not only did he initiate the process, but he took care of it completely on the cross. Not because of anything he did, but because of what you and I did. He paid the price for you and I. But he initiated bringing us back into him, bringing us unto him, and he did it so it can be completely done. And perhaps, just perhaps, we forget that. And every time we remember that, something happens. Look at verse 14. Every time we remember that, something happens. For he himself is our peace. When we grasp the reality of what Christ did for us, initiating a relationship with us, even though we had done all the offending things and he brought us near, when we grasp the reality of that, listen, he becomes our peace. He becomes our peace. And I love that idea there. He destroyed the barrier. He destroyed the wall of hostility, the state we were in. He initiated it, he destroyed the bar- he initiated reconciliation, he no- uh, destroyed the barrier, and he became our peace. You know, honestly, what we're really talking about today, we talk about forgiveness, we're, what we're asking for help is, is not necessarily to get over something, it's not necessarily to, to bring something back, to come back together again, or to someone the like us again, or get some affirmation from someone again. What we're really asking for is not to have sleepless nights anymore. It's not to have stress that makes us sick or depressed anymore. Where we're trying to focus on work or something else and we keep replaying things over in our mind. And so we don't have pain anymore when we think of that person or what happened. That's what we're really asking is for peace. He becomes our peace when we remember that he initiated the reconciliation And by doing that, he broke down the barriers of hostility. And when we grasp that revelation, then we find our peace in him. And that's great, but it leaves us with a question, what does he want in return? What is he asking out of us? Ephesians 4, verse 31 says this, only this, this is all he's asking out of us, get rid of all the bitterness. Okay, great, thank you, pastor, I'll get right on that. Right? And then, and then I will. I'll get rid of the rage and the anger and the brawling and the slang. Did I just talk, talk about your last family gathering right there, right? I don't want anything to do with them anymore. <laughs> Every form of malice. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about it, what he's asking us to do is, yeah, he, he's, he's asked us to get, better, get rid of bitterness and all that. Yeah, but again, remember faith. We can't do it in our own strength and our own power and our own ability. But then he goes on to say this, and if that's not enough, he said this, the next one, be kind. Okay, it's one thing for me not getting fights with my family or my friends, it's one thing for me that, but now I gotta be kind and compassionate to them. Oh wait, there's more. Yeah, but here's the real catch. Then forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. So he says, listen, let's get rid of all the other stuff and let's be kind and compassionate. But here's the catch, forgiving just as in Christ, God forgave you. And that seems impossible. How am I gonna do it? And can I tell you, you can forgive people if you can remember. If you can remember what he initiated with you. 
and what he broke in your life. You can do it if you can remember just as in Christ God forgave you. That means that there's something that happened to you when God forgave you and changed you. Yeah, I got saved and set free and I'm going to heaven. Yeah, but you know what? Something else happened. That means when you found your forgiveness in Christ, not only did he forgive you and your sins, but he also gave you the power and capacity to forgive others in their sin. You got forgiven and the ability to forgive just as in Christ God forgave you. You got to take that step of faith and you got to trust him. In your own ability, it's an impossibility. But with him, all things are possible. You receive not only forgiveness, but also the power and capacity to forgive, something we could never do on our own. The power of forgiveness is in just as Christ forgave you. When he did it in you, he brought, he bought, also brought you the power to do it in others, regardless, now listen, regardless of what the other people do or don't do. I, I wanna give you three keys, three steps to help you step over into faith and the power to do what he's asking of you and me. And he offers you the power to do it. Number one, you need to receive God's forgiveness. You need to receive God's forgiveness. Now, now I know a lot of you say, okay, number two, because I'm good, I'm saved, that's me. And can I tell you, that's not what we're talking about here. I'm thankful that I've been forgiven of my sin. All things pass away, all things become new. I'm going home. But can I tell you, some of us need to learn to walk in the forgiveness that we have on the planet. And here's what I mean by that. I don't mean to be ugly with that, but I don't know that we have a real revelation of God's forgiveness because we walk around like God's keeping score. Now, I'm not saying that we have a ticket to sin. We don't. We need to try and live holy lives, and when we blow it and miss it, then we will. The Bible says to be quick to repent. But listen, God's not keeping score. He's forgiven you of anything you've done, are doing, or will do. He paid completely for all of it forever. Ever, every past, present, and future sin, God has already forgiven you. So when we come to God, and can I say, I, I, just, I dare say this morning that people came here replaying all the things they did this week. And probably, most likely, many of us in here this morning, because we were replaying all the things we did this week, or people did to us, or what the enemy did, probably we didn't engage like we should, because we either felt guilty or not worthy, and we're trying to, trying to repent to God and ask God to forgive us, because we think he's up there keeping score. And so maybe we didn't worship like we should, but you'll have a chance at the end of the service. And maybe we're not listening like we should, and, and maybe we're blocking some th things out, or, or distractions are coming. Listen, you know what we're doing? We're, 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 trying to, uh, we're trying to reconcile that forgiveness that's already happened by God. And so we need to receive God's forgiveness in our heart and our life. We need to go all in. We need to go all in. It's already been paid for by the blood of Jesus, completely free. He forgives you completely. The Apostle Paul says this way in Ephesians 3, he prays, he desires, he wishes, he longs for that we would grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of God is. And he prays, I wish, I wish you could know that. I wish, even though you're going to heaven, I wish that you could walk in that free while you're here on the earth. What you need to know is this, you'll never have to forgive anyone more than God has already forgiven you. Never. You'll never have to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven you. And what we're facing will never amount to the love and grace he has shown to you and me. When I really understand this, it changes everything about how I treat people. First uh, Timothy 1, 13 through 15 says this, even though I was once a blasphemer, this is the Apostle Paul talking, even though I was once a blasphemer and a, a persecutor and a violent man, I used to track down Christians and kill them. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. 
the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The faith that God has in you that he says, I can still use you. I have a plan for you. It doesn't matter what you've done, I still use you. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And I would say, oh, accept this saying this morning, grab it, hold on to it, embrace it this morning. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He's forgiven you. And and faith says that there's something of value he still can use in you. We just need to accept it. Accept that Christ came, initiated the relationship to bring reconciliation, broke down the walls of hostility. He came to save you from worse, listen to me, he came to save you from worse than the issues that we have with other people. No matter how bad you think those issues are, but you don't know about, okay, but I know that he came to save you from worse than whatever that issue is to give you an eternity. He did that. So accept it, grab it, what he did for you and I. He loved you, forgave you, and he can still use you. That changes everything about the way we treat people. Isaiah 118, New Living Translation says this, come now, let's settle this, settle it. Decide today, it's done, it's a done deal, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow, I'll pay the price. Though they are red like crimson, I will pay the price and make them white as wool. I did it, it's a done deal, receive it. Maybe that'll be you on encounter time. Maybe during the encounter time you'll find an opportunity to receive that. Goes on to say there in verse 19, the first part just says, if you'll only obey or if you'll follow my plan. Listen, if you live your life trying to earn God's forgiveness, you'll live your life making people try and earn it from you. If you live your life trying to earn God's forgiveness, you'll live your life making people try and earn it from you. But if you receive what he did for you, you have the capacity to do this, number two. You can't do number two without doing number one. Number two, freely give what you've received. Freely give what you've received. The reason we forgive is not because we come together in some agreement. The reason we forgive is not because we finally talked it out and someone took responsibility. The reason why I can forgive you is because you said, you know what, I'm sorry, that's all I wanted to hear. The reason why I forgive you is because you've accepted that that was wrong and it really hurt. No, 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 that's what we're talking about here. The reason we forgive is because Christ has forgiven us. I'm going to do the same thing Christ did in me. I'm going to do the same thing in others because he did it for me. Matthew 10, 8 says this, freely you have received, freely you give. He's saying, listen, Jesus is saying, I didn't make you earn it. Stop trying to make people earn it. I never asked you for anything. I never asked you to apologize. I just went and settled it. That's what he's saying. So everyone get this, the forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. That should be our motto. That should mark our life, the forgiven forgive. Amen? And if you've ever really realized what he's done for you, the forgiven forgive. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21 says this, for Christ's love compels us, we're compelled by the love of Christ because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. We died in him as our identities with him. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So we live for him because he lived for us, and so we're to live for them. 
It goes on to say, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself. Who reconciled us, that means that he took our balance and he made it zero. That means he took our sin and, and deserving of a payment and he made it zero. He took our, our uh, capital punishment, if you will, and made it zero. Are you getting the picture? He reconciled you and I and the balance that we owe because he didn't owe anything and he made it zero and he owed nothing. So he reconciled us to that, to himself, through Christ and gave us, listen, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what that means? I think sometimes we, we talk this way and I think it's appropriate that, that we teach people that Jesus wants to take your balance and make it zero. And, that's, and we think that's our ministry of reconciliation, telling, telling people that. But can I tell you, I believe our ministry of reconciliation is doing what Jesus did. And so our ministry is to go take people's balance that we hold against them and make it zero. It's our job. His ministry, listen, Jesus' ministry of reconciliation was taking our balances and making it zero. And so if our ministry is the same as his of reconciliation, then we take the balances we hold against people and we make them zero. Goes on to say this. <clears throat> God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, making these people's balance zero. Not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message or the job of reconciliation. It's our job to take the balances that people have and make them zero and not hold it against them. Freely we've received, freely we give. The forgiven forgive, not counting people's sins against them. That's our job, it's who we are, it's what we do. It's not something you say with your lips, I forgive you. You know what, the relationship may never be restored. They may not even be possible, but here's what we can do that requires no participation from anyone else. We can take the balance that they owe us and make it a zero because that's what Jesus did in us. And that has nothing to do with the other person. There may never be restoration in a sense of relationship, I don't know. But I do know that we can take that balance that we hold against them and make it zero. It goes on to say then we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I want to give you the last one. And this is the most challenging of all. Go first. Go first. Jesus went first. See, he didn't wait to see who was going to do, go with him on this deal. He didn't wait to see the response of the people. And, and I don't mean to, this might sound kind of harsh or whatever, but when Jesus was getting ready to get nailed on the cross and they, they raised the hammer, he didn't say, wait, 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 before you pound that nail, is anybody out there in the crowd, is this going to mean anything to you? Before I go through this, is this is it, are you going to get a hold of this? Because if not, I, I don't know that I'm going to do that. He did it. For those that, of us that weren't even there, we weren't. We couldn't have been in those to come, and he did it. He went first. He didn't wait to see if anyone was going to do this. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That's amazing. I'm calling us to another place. I want you to experience something that we see in the word, and it's this. The first to forgive is the happiest. The first to forgive is the happiest. Amen? It's truth. You see it in the scripture. Jesus said this. 
in his great sermon on the mount, Matthew 5, 9. Listen to what he said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now that word blessed there, or blessed there, is not the word that means like more money or more fame or more stuff. It's the word translated to mean happy, but not like you made me happy or that was funny and it made me happy. It's like regardless of the circumstances, everything is okay inside me. Everything outside can be crazy, but everything inside me can be okay. So blessed is the peacemaker, peacemakers for they'll be called the children of God. So I can have happiness on the inside of me despite what's going on round about me. Being a peacemaker doing the ministry of reconciliation. God can make you blessed, happy, fulfilled in a place that's contradictory to everything going on externally and you can still be okay. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who discover the peace of God in their lives and extend it to others. James 3, 17 through 18 says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Listen to 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Listen, who sow in peace, you know what that means? That means who initiate it. You have to sow it to reap it. That means to sow means that you start it. That means you do it first. You're a sower, that means you're gonna do it first and you're not waiting for anything else. I'm sowing peace, I'm sowing it first and I'm gonna reap a harvest of righteousness in my life. That's what the Bible says. So first, initiate it, go first. And you may say, that's great, Pastor, but you don't even know my story, and I don't. And if you told my story, I'd maybe just as upset at them as you would be, I don't know, I have no idea. But the love of Christ leaves us no option. What he did for us leaves us no option. And I'm not asking you to feel it, I'll, I'll do it when I feel like it, I'm not asking you to feel like it, I'm not asking you to feel it, I'm asking you to do it, because honestly, I can't imagine anything in Jesus that felt like doing it. I can't. Well, sure it did, that's why I came to the earth. Okay, well then if you go back to the scripture when Jesus was in the garden, it says in his prayers, he was sweating great drops of blood. And then he cried out, pleading, begging to his father. He said, Daddy, he said, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. What did he say? I'm not feeling it right now, but I'm gonna do it because it's what you want me to do. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Amen. Amen. Here's the last thought. Choices lead, feelings follow. Choices lead, feelings follow. And it's gonna take faith. It's gonna take faith. But because of what he did, we can. Because when we found our forgiveness, and we found freedom in that from him, he also gave us the power and capacity to forgive others. He's a good and faithful God. My heart, my hope today, as we're getting ready to move into our encounter time, was just to give you the word and see the power of what resides in you because of what Jesus did on the cross and resurrection. In fact, I think it's so appropriate to go into an encounter time because that's the time that we just carve out and create an environment, if you choose to, to remember what he did. But understand, it all begins with a relationship. It all begins with a relationship with Jesus. That's the starting point. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, 
or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.